calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover. And you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Sidewalk Audio presents Shadow Magic, a podcast novel by John Lenahan, read by the author. Chapter 4, The Ewe Lands. I was so stunned I couldn't speak. Not until we were well underway and I'd gotten a knack of paddling did I bleed out, You lost your hand in a sword fight? I find it hard to believe, Mom said, that you never told your son how you lost your hand. Dad told me he lost it in a lawnmower. What is a lawnmower? she asked. It's a machine they use in the real world to keep the grass short, Dad said. And what is wrong with sheep? Okay, Pop, tell me how you lost your hand. The truth this time. I refuse to let you tell that story while we're in a boat, Mom said. And we are approaching Ioho. We should not be talking in the U-lands. Why not? I asked. Because it disturbs the trees, and you do not want to disturb a U-tree. Under normal circumstances, I would have thought about calling a shrink and booking her into a rubber room, but I had just had a little chat with a tree myself. What could a U-tree do? Drop some leaves on us? She gave me a look that made me feel like a toddler who'd just been caught with his hand in the cookie jar. It was going to take a while to get used to this mother and son stuff. You trees are old, she said. The oldest trees in Tirnanog. We of the land think we are immortal, but to the you we are but a spark. To answer your question, if you wake a you, it will judge your worth. If it finds you lacking, you will die. What will it do, step on me? I said, and got the same icy stare as before. It will offer you its berries, which are poisonous, she said in a tone that warned me that her patience was thinning, and you will be powerless to resist. (laughs) I find that hard to believe. Please, Connor, she said, do not put that to the test today. I didn't have to ask if we were in the U-lands. I knew it when we got there. Heck, I knew it before we got there. We rounded a bend in the river, and ahead I saw two huge boulders on opposite sides of the bank. On top of them were the most awesome trees I had yet seen. They weren't as big as the oaks, but they were definitely the elders, the great-great-grandfathers of all of the trees, and probably everything else in creation. The roots of the yews engulf the rock like arthritic hands clutching a ball. It seemed as if these two trees had just slithered up on their perches to observe our approach. 
made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Past the guard trees we entered a thick forest that stretched as far as the eye could see. A dense canopy turned the world into a dark green twilight, and there was no light at the end of this tunnel. The first corpse was just inside the forest. Within ten minutes I must have seen fifteen of them. On both sides of the bank, human remains in various states of decay adorned the base of one tree or another. Some of them were clean, bone white. Others were still in their clothes. Many of them had quivers with arrows on their back. All of them were looking up, open-mouthed, as if to say, No, or maybe, Thy will be done. Mom's warning about not speaking in the U-lands proved to be unnecessary. I wasn't going to say a word. Never have I felt so humbled and insignificant as I did in the presence of those sleeping giants. I didn't want them to know I was there, and I definitely didn't want them to judge me. If they'd bid me to eat their berries or throw myself off a cliff for that matter, I would do as they commanded, just to make them happy, like a dog to a master, or a man to a god. We spent most of that day silent in emerald dusk. It was slow going. Each paddle was done with care as to not make any splashing sounds. The frequency of the corpses diminished, but still from time to time a skyward-facing skull encased in moss would just be visible. As we came around a bend, my mother's breath quickened. Ahead was a moss-covered altar surrounded by a semicircle of what must be the oldest of these primordial trees. The bases of the trees were littered with women's corpses. Each tree was surrounded with five or six sets of bones, some bleached white and some in white robes, a couple still with long flowing hair. All were in the same position. They were embracing a tree trunk, as if for dear life, which I suppose they were. I noticed that my mother didn't look. When in the distance I saw a clear white light at the end of the forest, I let out a little yelp of joy that I instantly regretted. My parents shot me a disapproving look. Luckily, the trees took no notice. The fresh air and sunshine made me feel like I'd been rescued from a premature grave. I waited until the U-lands were out of sight before I dared to speak. Well, that was fun, I said, trying to sound cooler than I felt. Who are all those dead people? Archers, mostly, Dad replied. Why archers? The best bows are made of you. If you want to be a master archer, you have to ask a yew tree for wood. And those were the guys that didn't make the grade? He nodded. Have you ever been judged by a yew? Not me. I was never much of an archer. Good thing, too. One-handed archers are traditionally not very good. I have, my mother said in a faraway voice that sent a shiver down my spine. I've been judged by a yew. Next to giving up my son, it was the hardest thing I have ever done. I thought maybe that she wasn't going to say anything else. Her face told me that the memory was painful. I waited. She took a deep breath and went on. The place you saw with the altar is called the Sorceress's Glade. Like archers with their bows, a true sorceress must translate a spell onto a yew branch. What? Like a magic wand? If you like. And you were judged? In reply, she reached into her pouch and produced a plain-looking stick carved with linear symbols. What does it do? It gives me power over the thorns, she said. 
Huh? You will understand when we reach the feely lands. We were floating by fragrant fields of heather inhabited by sheep, rabbits, and deer. I even saw a black bear fishing on the bank. It was like a 3D Disney film. I almost expected the bear to wave. How did you become a sorceress? Her father, Dad said, wanted to make a superwoman. My father wanted his daughter to be educated, Mom corrected. He hired twelve tutors to teach me in the arts, philosophies, combat, and magic. I loved all my tutors, almost as much as I loved my father for providing them for me. Of all my studies, it was at magic that I excelled. Against my father's wishes, I made the pilgrimage to the sorceress's glade with my tutor, my mentor, my friend. Mom fell silent and sadness invaded her face. It was Neve, Dad said. Neve? My Aunt Neve? the one who tried to pierce my sternum with a javelin. I am sure she took no joy from that task, Mom said. Neve has a very strong sense of duty. Well, could you give her a call, maybe, and we could sit down and talk about this? Neve and I have not spoken to one another for a long time, she said. Because of me? No, before that. When I left her guidance to study shadow magic, Shadow magic. There was that word again. Every time somebody mentioned it, they sounded like they were selling a stolen watch in an alley. What is the deal with this shadow magic stuff? Magic is never without cost, she said. Like wood is to fire, gold is to magic. Gold is the power that is made by the earth. In order to cast a spell, you need to spend gold. The greater the spell, the more gold you need. That is what they call here in the land true magic. Gold is not the only power in the world, it's just the easiest to find. There is power in the air and in the water, but this is too difficult to control. And then there is another power, the power of nature that can be found in trees. Harnessing this power is the force behind shadow magic. It is not as powerful, but it can do things that true magic cannot. So what does Neve have against it? Shadow magic is illegal, Dad said. Why? Ages ago, Mom explained, in the early reign of Finn, there was a feely sorceress named Maeve. Maeve detected power in amber stones and devised a way to use amber to power magic. Since amber is only petrified tree sap, she started to use fresh sap, the blood of trees, to power her magic. She became very powerful, and that power drove her mad. She decimated an entire forest and used that energy to raise a huge army. Maeve and her army laid siege to Castle Dor. No one knows what happened. It is believed that in the midst of the battle, Maeve cast a mammoth spell that catastrophically failed. Maeve and all of the Feely army were killed. Afterwards, Finn outlawed shadow magic and decreed that Maeve's name should never be uttered again. The Feely were so decimated it was thought they were extinct. But you found them, I take. Yes. Maeve's daughter, Fawn, lives. And she taught you shadow magic? She was reluctant at first. She was deeply ashamed of her mother and of the wars and the death and the forest she destroyed. But deep down she knew that it was her mother that was wrong, not her magic. Together we found and read Maeve's notes to try and find out what happened. 
It was the killing of the trees that corrupted her soul. We found trees that agreed to allow us to tap them for sap, and we swore we would never kill a tree. We revived the art of shadow magic and found that it was good, just as valid as true magic. After all, the U-Wand is an integral part of true magic, but at its heart, it is actually shadow magic. Did you ever try to convince Knave? Oh, yes. When I returned from the Feely Land, I told her about it. She was shocked and appalled that I would do such a thing. As I mentioned before, she has a strong sense of duty, but she agreed to discuss it again. And what happened? We never had that talk. Why not? I was banished, Mom said. Banished? Yep. Dad said your mother here is an outlaw, a regular Ma Barker. Who banished you? Finn, she said. Finn? My grandfather? Why? Your mother performed a very public display of shadow magic in front of almost every rune lord in the land. My father had no choice. He should have executed me, she said. What happened? That is part of the tale of how your father lost his hand. Not only is it a long overdue story, it is a long one as well. I know a shelter up ahead. We can camp for the night, and you can hear the tale properly over food and a fire. Food and a fire. Now that was a good idea. After paddling all day and the stress of the U-lands, I was overdue for a break. The meadows of heather gave way to fields of tremendously tall holly trees. We pulled the boat ashore and stashed it under a bush. Mom, of course, asked the holly for permission. We walked a faint path until we saw a stone hut with a thatched roof. This is a lovely Jared hut, Mom said. Is Jared home? <laughs> I shouldn't think so, Dad laughed. Jared is an old runelorn who likes to travel. He built a bunch of these huts so he wouldn't have to sleep out of doors. Well, I said, it looks cozy. They usually are, Dad said, opening the door. I had heard the sound of a crossbow firing before, but I had never heard the sound of an arrow piercing flesh. In the old cowboy movies, the sound of an arrow entering a body is always a clean thwap. In reality, the sound is a pop followed by a hideous squelch. Dad spun completely around like a top and hit the ground hard on his back. A crossbow bolt was sticking out of his chest. You have been listening to Shadow Magic, a podcast novel by John Lenehan. Music gratefully provided by Lunasa. To hear more of their fabulous music, please visit their website, www.lunasa.ie. That's www.lunasa.ie. For more information about Shadow Magic or its author, please visit www.shadowmagic.co.uk Thank you very much for listening.